Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 18. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I literally am already starting to sweat a little bit thinking about the topic today. This idea originated with Jess Lively and a bunch of other bloggers have done it, a bunch of other podcasters have done it. There's nothing original about what I'm doing other than the fact that these are my 10 things that I'm afraid to tell you. So the idea is to get a little bit raw and vulnerable and remove the curtain a little bit, move back the curtain a little bit and kind of give you a glimpse into who I am and some of the things that maybe aren't perfect about me and that I'm afraid to share and you know, just kind of spill my guts a little bit. I think there's a lot of power in acknowledging your imperfections and acknowledging where maybe you're not the best or where you want to be, and yet continuing to show up and say, you know what, I'm not where I want to be in this area, or I maybe I'm a little quirky in this area, but this is who I am, and I am owning who I am and where I'm at in this journey of life, and that we can kind of all be together in our weirdness, in our quirkiness, in our imperfections as we try to buoy each other up and, and just keep going. So that's what today is about, the 10 things that I'm afraid to tell you. Number one, I don't eat perfectly. I just wanted to let you know, get that out there in in case there's any confusion with any of you guys that I am not a perfect eater. And no, I don't think that there is any way to be a perfect eater, but I want you to know that I... Have I feel like I've gotten into a really good routine and I feel like I'm very intentional with my food choices, but it doesn't always mean that I make the best food choices at every single possible situation. What I have developed over time is, like I said, being very intentional and very conscious about the choices. So what I don't have is I never have food guilt. Like That's just not even a thing because every time I'm making a choice... I am actually making a choice of what I eat. And sometimes it means that I'm not making like the nutritionally best choice. And I acknowledge that. But what doesn't come with it is the guilt because I'm making the choice. It's not just something that just happens to me or that I I don't think about. Like I make the choice of what I want to eat. And sometimes I want to eat something that I make know is not going to make me feel the best. And that's just a choice that I make. So I think I don't think that there's a perfect eating, a way of eating. I don't think that there's, you can ever be perfectly aligned, you know, nutritionally with maybe where you could be. But what I do think is attainable is coming to a place where food has nothing to do with guilt. Like the emotions that are associated, the negative emotions, I should say, I think there's plenty of positive emotions that come with food. And I think that's great. And we use it to celebrate, but we can get to a place where there aren't any negative emotions associated with food. And for me, part of that was getting to a place where 
the food choices that I make are conscious and are things that I decide and then I don't feel any guilt because you know what? I made a decision and I'm a big girl and I'm an adult and I get to make decisions as I go through my day of what I want to eat. Number two, and I don't know, I don't know why this kind of scares me, but it, it does to like put this out there. And that is that I am easing away from one-on-one coaching. So when I started my business, all I did was one-on-one coaching. I worked with hundreds of women, one-on-one, check-ins, emails, texts, you name it. I did one-on-one coaching. And while I enjoyed that, it also got overwhelming. And it got to a place where I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. It was too much. And it took away from the enjoyment factor of my business. And so when I started 2018, I was really at this place where I had kind of burnt myself out of doing one-on-one coaching. Um, it's really emotionally taxing and you know, pouring yourself into the progress and the success and sometimes the failures of your clients can be really emotionally taxing. And so when I started 2018, one of my goals was to start to shift my business in a way that I could see myself doing long-term. I couldn't see myself just doing one-on-one coaching for like the next 10 years. And so when I started 2018, I started kind of ramping down my coaching and doing other way, other things to be able to help and support my clients. Things like group coaching, things like hiring other coaches that I can mentor and help to learn how to coach. And that's been wonderful and fabulous. And it has been a transition in 2018. And moving into 2019, I am going to continue that trend of, you know, taking very, very few one-on-one clients, probably even phasing out to where I'm not taking any one-on-one clients. And it's a little nerve wracking to put that out there, to put that out loud, because I know that that's something that people want, but it's just not something that aligns with my vision and my goals for what I want biceps after babies to become. Number three, this one is that I struggle to stay present in my life. And I talked about this a little bit when I talked about my goals for 2019, but I'm just going to put it out there. Like I struggle with staying present. It's not something that comes naturally to me. What comes naturally to me is doing a bajillion and a million things at one time. That comes naturally to me to like get crap done by multitasking, by like running from thing to thing. That, That comes naturally to me. And I find that I miss out on a lot of joy in the moment because I do that. And yeah, it means I get a lot of stuff done. Like I get a lot of crap done, but at what expense? And so admitting this is kind of hard because, uh, you know, it's, I think it's something that maybe, I don't know. I don't know why it's hard. It just is. (laughs) It's hard to admit your like shortcomings, but it's something that I am aware of and that I have, I've gotten better at. I have intentionally set some boundaries and some goals this last year to become more present and to really start to like slow life down, take you know stock of what is happening around me, trying to do just one thing at a time, which is really hard for me to try and like just do one thing and put my full attention into that one thing. But it's not something I'm very good at and I fail a lot at it and I but get back up and say, okay, tomorrow hopefully is going to be better. And it's something that I'm working on. Number four, gosh, these are like embarrassing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, maybe they're not 
maybe you're not judging me right now. Hopefully you're not judging me right now. That's okay. You can judge me if you want. Judge, judge away. That's okay. This is me and you can think whatever you want about me. It's none of my business. So number four is that I love to watch YouTube make, makeup tutorials. So <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's cheesy and you know what? I don't even wear a lot of makeup. Like it's not really a thing of mine, but I love watching them and I love watching the people talk. I especially like ones that are funny. Um, and I, you know, when I want to like just veg, that's kind of my go-to. Like I don't watch Bachelor. I don't watch, I don't know. TV is like not my jam, but I will go on YouTube and I will watch makeup tutorials. And that to me is entertaining. And maybe, just maybe, it means that I will get a little bit better at my makeup. I don't know. I'm not a huge makeup person, but I do like watching me some tutorials. Number five. I am kind of in a love-hate relationship with Instagram and social media in general. I got on Instagram for my business three years ago and on Facebook, and for a long time, it was really fun. And I met new people, and I got to interact, and the, the page was growing, and it was exciting, and people were responding to the content. And I feel like over the last maybe six months, maybe last year, but definitely the last six months, engagement is down. People don't see your posts anymore. The algorithm has been thrown into the mix and it just is not the fun place that it used to be. And I know that kind of sounds whiny and I, and I do really try to kind of snap myself out of complaining because there's no reason to complain. Like it's a free platform. You know what? Like it is what it is. Complaining isn't going to change anything. And so I've been really trying hard lately to, you know, like it is what it is. I, I don't need to complain about it. But just to kind of, you know, let you know, social media has its ups and its downs. And as a content producer, I feel like lately it's had a whole lot more downs than it has in the past. So there's nothing that like I need to have changed about it. There's nothing that like you need to do about it. Just understand that as a content creator, one of the best things that you can do, if you do appreciate somebody and you do appreciate the stuff that they put out into the world, one of the best things that you can do for that content creator is to interact with them and to share their stuff. So if you are following along on Instagram and you like what I'm doing and you like the content that I'm putting out, tag your friends, tell your friends, forward something that I sent in an email to somebody who you know will appreciate it. That's the best kind of stuff that you can do for a content creator. Because let me tell you, sometimes you put a whole lot of effort into something and you put it out into the world and it's crickets. And you know what? Like Sometimes that just sucks and it's going to happen. But if there is something that you appreciate, just know that me and a whole lot of other people put a lot of effort and time into our content. And one of the best things that you can do to support us is to share it. Which, if you have enjoyed this podcast, will you please share it? Will you snap a screenshot right now and share it to your Instagram? Maybe not send this episode, because if you have no clue who I am, this is probably not the best episode to send. But if you have a favorite episode or one that really made you think or made you change the way that you view fitness or yourself or whatever, share that with somebody. That is one of the best things that you can do. Another awesome thing that you can do to support me is to leave a review on iTunes. I know a lot of you have left reviews, but if you haven't left a review on iTunes, it takes less than five minutes to do. I have a whole like outline of how to do it if you're confused about how to leave a review. If you go to Bicep or Babies, 
com forward slash two, I outline exactly how to do that. But things like that can make a real difference for somebody who is taking the time, putting an effort to put out content that we're hoping that you like, and we're hoping that you enjoy, and we're hoping that you find value in and taking the free content that me and other content creators create and passing it along because it made a difference for you is so, so awesome. Number six, this is the fact that I do not clean my own house. I do not do my own yard work and I do not clean my own pool. So we have lived in California for about a year and a half. And over the last year or so, I have gotten really good at outsourcing. And we hired housekeepers that come every other week. We hired a pool guy who cleans our pool and we have a fabulous yard guy who like does our yard and plants plants and does all the rearranging and landscaping that we need to have happen in our yard. And, you know, it's kind of hard to put that out there because I think, you know, people have judgments and ideas about what that means about us and, you know, what we value in our lives. But you know what? I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that we wanted to have help and we didn't want to spend every Saturday in our backyard. And so we ended up hiring help. And actually a funny story about this, just a couple weeks ago, we were sitting in um, our church service and the leader of uh, our stake, which is like a region, he got up and he, we had some extra time left at the end of the meeting. And so he got up and he invited three different people to come up and share you know, some thoughts. And I was one of the people that he asked to come up and share some thoughts about. And he wanted me to share about like, how do I, how do I do it all? Like, how do I balance my time and how do I get things done in, in life? And so that was my topic. And so on the spot, like I had to go up and share with our congregation, like what my, you know, what my ideas were and thoughts were around this topic. So I got up and I shared some stuff and I shared about doing B plus work, which I think is really valuable, not feeling like everything you have to do has to be A plus, but rather than, you know, B plus is good enough. Um, And I shared uh, a little bit about my mom and the fact that she's able to multitask really well and I got my multitasking from her. Anyway, so I, you know, speaking on the spot is never fun, but I shared some stuff. Hopefully it was relevant. Hopefully it like helped some people. But when we got home that night, my husband looked at me and he said, you know what you should have said when you got up there? You said how you get it done and how you do everything is that you outsource your house cleaning, your yard maintenance, and your pools to other people. And it really is true. I think it's important to understand like we do outsource that. That's something that we found is valuable to us and buying back our time has been valuable. But, you know, that's the reality. That's where we're at right now. And that does help me to get other things done. If I'm not having to worry about yard maintenance on Saturdays or cleaning the house or, I don't know, doing the chemicals in my own pool. I don't even know how I would do that. I'm sure I could YouTube it. But for us, where we're at right now, like it is such a blessing to be able to outsource those things to other people. Number seven, I still get nervous every single time I get go live. Like every single time I get on a Facebook live or an Instagram live, or even if I'm doing a video or if I'm like every single time a webinar, I get nervous every single time. And I keep thinking, gosh, this has got to go away at some point. Like at some point it's just going to become routine, right? Like I get on Facebook lives a lot. I, I do a lot of live speaking, 
But every single time I continue to get nervous and I'm an extrovert, like I thrive off the energy of other people doing live speaking would be some that like, that would be my jam. Like I love being in person with people that gives me a lot of energy, but for some reason, like showing up live and like talking to my camera or talking into my computer when I like can't see other people, it it's more nerve wracking to me than it would be like getting up in front of a huge crowd of people. And I still get butterflies every single time. Number eight. And this is one that I get nervous to share with people again, because I think people are probably going to judge me for it. But you know, if there's anything that I've learned over this last maybe two years, it is this idea that like people are probably going to judge you. Who cares? Like that means nothing about you and other people's opinions of me are none of my business. And so with that said, I have big dreams and I have big goals and I have big ideas of what I want to do with my business and what I want to grow it into and how I want to serve people and how I want to help people and the lives that I want to change. And one of my goals is to retire my husband and not maybe not even, maybe not retire him, but have the option for him to retire. And my husband's a physician. So we're, you know, he has a very good income. He has a very solid job, but I would love to get to the point where my business is successful enough that if he wanted to quit or if he wanted to like wind down working only a couple days a week in the hospital, that he could do that. And, you know, some people may look at that and say, you're crazy. Like, why would you ever want to do that? Or even worse, like, there's no way that you could do that. But that's part of my like 10, five, 10 year plan of being at the place where my husband could retire if he wanted to. And frankly, my husband went through a lot of schooling to get where he's at and he enjoys his job. But I think if he was able to make a choice of like, do I want to work five days a week? Do I want to cut back? Do I want to not work at all? I want to give him that option. Like I want to give him the option to quit his job and do something that he's a little bit more passionate about. You know, we've talked recently about he's gotten really into weightlifting and powerlifting and he would love to be able to combine the two medicine with um, like weightlifting and training. And if he could do something that, you know, fills him up and makes him so happy, I would love to be able to support him through it. So that's one of my big goals. And I'm just putting it out into the universe of like, that's where I'm headed. Like I want to be able to retire my husband and have my business be able to support our family. Number nine, I'm really glad that we're almost done with these. (laughs) But number nine is that I still struggle with acne. I have had acne like ever since I can remember. And when I say that, I don't say it like, oh, I have like acne here or there. I'm saying it in that like, I get sick, sick acne. It hurts. Like it has been a constant bane of my existence since my teenage years. I got it really bad in high school. I ended up going on Accutane, which if you don't know, Accutane is like the big guns that they reserve for only like the worst of cases. I went on Accutane once in high school and then I went on Accutane again in college. And here I am 30, almost 35 and still dealing with it. I've gotten to the point now where I do take some medication um, and it helps hold it mostly at bay. But you know, here I am 35 and still struggling with acne. So if any of you are out there and you struggle with acne too, man, girl, no, you're not alone. Like there are others of us who are dealing with it and it's not fun. And it's just kind of something that I've had to like accept and 
you know, grow to not be ashamed of as much as I was when I was in high school. And my poor daughter, who is almost 12, she'll be 12 next year, is getting to the point where she's starting to get some acne too. And I've just like told her, girl, like, I am here for you. Like, we will take you to the dermatologist. I will do whatever I can to like help make this not as you know, hard of a situation as it was for me. Um, and I apologize to her about getting my jeans. Phew. Okay. Last one. Number 10. I am not proud of everything that I've done on social media. And I am proud of a lot of the stuff that I've done, but there has definitely been things that have gone down between people on social media that I'm not super proud of. And there's been times when I've been blocked or unfollowed, or I've lost friends who I thought were friends on social media. And for the most part, like social media is a wonderful place and it connects people and it helps has helped me to build relationships that I wouldn't otherwise have. But there is the side that it is still relationships and um, sometimes relationships go sour. And over the three years, I have had people in my life come and go and people who I thought were friends end up, you know, being offended by something I said or something I did. And I'm not proud of everything. Like if I could go back and change some of the things that I said or did, I would go back and change it. And, you know, all I can do at this point is kind of learn from my past mistakes and from my past experiences. But I, I'm not proud of some of the things that I've done. And I can, you know, stand here and say that and say that, you know, even though I've maybe made mistakes in the past, that I am trying to show up a little bit better and trying to learn from those mistakes so that I can have the types of relationships that I want to have on the platforms that I'm on. So that's it. That is the 10 things that I am scared to tell you about. And thank you for listening. Thank you for hopefully not judging. Um, Hopefully this helps you feel maybe not so alone, knowing that there's other people out there who have fears and are nervous and do things in spite of it, right? Because I... I still try to show up in my life and for people on social media and here on the podcast, even though I have insecurities and even though I have guilt and I have things that I've messed up in the past, like I still think it's important to show up and to keep moving forward. And that's what I try to do. And so, yeah, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. I have you know, mess in my past. I'm sure I will create mess in the future. But I think what hopefully you're taking away from this is that you can have a messy life. You can have things that you're not super proud of or that you're not, you know, excited about in your life or quirks that you have in your life that are just weird and that you can own them because they're part of you and they're part of what made you. And you are a hundred percent worthwhile and worthy just the way that you are. So that wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radios. Thank you for being here with me. Go ahead and hit subscribe. I would love to have you as part of the Biceps After Babies Radio family. And I will talk to you again next week. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. 
If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.